Welcome back to the Bushnell Project and another week as we continue our study of Hebrews, trying to encourage men to stand up and read God's Word, hear God's Word, and study it, apply it to our minds, renew our minds as Romans 12 tells us to do, renewing of our mind by the reading of God's Word that we may know is good and perfect will. So I want to encourage you guys in that. We're continuing to try to finish up chapter 9, so might do a slightly longer than normal podcast this morning and either skip Tuesdays or just keep on going. So here we go. Chapter 9, starting in verse 15, I'm going to read to the end. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. For where a will is involved, the death of the one who made it must be established. For a will takes effect only at death, since it is not in force as long as that one who made it is alive. Therefore, not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment for when every commandment of the law had been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hisp and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So that was verse 22, chapter 9. Super important to remember all that, right? So there had to be a shedding of blood for all this to happen. It was all around their sacrificial sacrificial worship, and that was the old way. So then verse 23, thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with those rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as a high priest enters the holy place every year with both with blood, not his own. For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. So there's the old way, there's the new way. And Jesus Christ is ushered in the new covenant, and by this new covenant, he, he has died and been risen from the dead, and he sits at the right hand of his Father, not in the temple made by man, but in the heavenly heavens, in the real heaven. And he's waiting for that day when he will come and take all those who are eagerly waiting for him, right? So he will 
save us from our sin, which is what Hebrews, what uh, Romans talks about, that we would be saved. So to, to us who are redeemed, we are redeemed once and for all. We are purified by Jesus Christ. Chapter 10 is going to get more into that. But just to encourage us as men, as husbands, as fathers, that we need to help those of us in our sphere of influence to understand their need for redemption, for a redeemer, that their need for the reality that we're sinners and the blood of Jesus had to be spilt for us. But because it was spilt for us, that we can be redeemed, we can be purchased, we can be set free from sin, we can live this new life, eagerly waiting for him to return and take us home. And what a glorious thing it is to be able to to minister to our wives thinking that way that you know what I don't need the sacrifice for Jesus Christ he sacrificed for me when he he does want me to live for him he wants me to be in a relationship with him and to have union with him and with the father to be filled with the spirit not to squash the spirit to persevere to press on to to mature my faith to add with all diligence to my faith, virtue, and understanding, and self-control, and patience, and brotherly kindness, and and love, that I may grow in my faith. Otherwise, I will be at a place where I will forget that I am even forgiven of my sins. And so, these are all things that were being encouraged by the by the letters in the New Testament from Peter and Paul and from John that we would read these letters, that we would gain insight, that we would be encouraged, that we would be strengthened. But it comes by the reading of God's Word. And so I want to encourage you guys to be reading God's Word, to say, hey, you know what? Jesus died once and for all, and great, and that's all good and dandy, but I'm going to live my life. And I said that prayer. Well, you said what prayer? I mean, what prayer did you pray? That Jesus tells you that if you pray this prayer, that it's it's all good. Go live your life how you want to. Yeah, no. Jesus actually never says that. Never ever does he say that. He tells you to repent and believe. John the Baptist tells people to repent and be baptized. Jesus comes along and says, repent and believe. Believe what? Believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And there's a confession through our life. Not just you know confess with your lips, but really through our life that will present us as those who really do believe Jesus Christ is Lord and we are his and we belong to him and we are acting on his behalf and we are in love with him and we are pursuing him and pursuing truth through the word and all that is counterculture all that flies in the face of what our culture wants us to believe and do and act and the reason why we have a have chaos in our culture is not because of men who are rising up bible believers loving God and loving their wives like they should and raising their children the way they should, but we have the chaos because of the lack of men who are doing that. So I want to encourage you guys, sons, brothers, you know, let's fight the good fight by being on our knees, by getting into God's word and ministering to those that we have influence around. So I want to encourage you guys as you continue to read through Hebrews that you would know God and know his word. God bless you.